Before we officially start this episode of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network, I want to remind everyone that this podcast is on the IB Sports Podcast feed. You can find that podcast network on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Please be sure to be subscribed to be notified of all podcasts from the IB Network. We would appreciate if you would rate and review. Finally, you can find IB Sports on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook. Facebook group has a premium membership that allows you to post without it being approved by an admin. You can be commissioner for a day, levy fines, receive free gambling picks, and much more. And with that, I am Keith Fleming. I am uh, joined by a very special guest, Mr. Sam Howell. How are you doing, Sam? I am doing wonderfully. It's a beautiful day here in LA, um, which just means it's a day here in um i know the east coast is apparently uh melting sauna uh we we got up to 80 here though so it's it's getting hot oh 80 yeah it was 96 today uh in st simon's i'm on vacation with the family it's been in georgia i think like now 25 consecutive days of 90 degrees or more. Uh, so I am very jealous to even hear of 80 degree weather, but uh, good for you, bro. Uh, thank you. It's uh, <laughs> considering like most of the state is locked down. I'll take it. <laughs> Touche. Uh, our state probably needs to be, but that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a special edition. Uh, I guess we'll call it a team turnbuckle podcast, but I'm, I'm so thankful that RC let us do this. We are doing the GOAT Wrestler Bracket. Uh, For those that are members of the IB uh, sports group, just in general, I'm sure you've seen these brackets. We've done the NBA. Uh, We've done, I think, cereals. We've done all kinds of stuff. (laughs) We are doing wrestlers on this one. Um, Me and Sam are going to get together because the first round concluded this week. We will start the second round next week. So, I figure we'll just kind of go through each uh, bracket, discuss, you know, who won, if there's any big surprises or, you know, complaints about the the rankings, anything like that. And then I do want to spend some time at the end kind of going over the second round previews because this is what I'm so excited about this. There's already some like really good matchups in the second round. And I am so interested to see who ends up winning this thing. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that. I appreciate, you know, I, I, you were trying to get people, I'm not going to rag on you too much for the rankings, (laughs) um, because you did try to get, uh, some of the, uh, mustache Pete's from the, uh, (laughs) from team turnbuckle. And I know I was a little out of it, but I, I, I know that I did not, I, I should have been more involved with, but arguing about the, the rankings, but I actually think you did a pretty good job. Um, I will give you some, there's some that I was interested in and and that I don't think that I'm going to give you guff about, but that I think there was one in particular that I thought about. And I was like, the more I thought about it, I was like, Oh, this guy was low and it might surprise you. Well, not only that, and this, this shows, you know, kind of how when you have one person doing this and I feel like an idiot. So my brother-in-law is not a wrestling fan. And I mentioned this to him this weekend. I'm reading him to the brackets. He doesn't say any complaints about any of my rankings, but he goes, where's Goldberg? And I went, oh, shit. I completely blanked. I'm not saying Goldberg would have been like a top, you know, five seed, but he definitely belongs on this bracket. 
somewhere and I just completely forgot him. He is the only person right off the top of my head that I'm like, man, like he, he was on an original list I had. And I don't know if I just skipped him or what, but it's just so funny that my brother-in-law who does not follow wrestling, like called me out in 30 seconds of where's Goldberg. The it's funny that I I didn't notice Goldberg was on there, but I'm sure that they're like you're gonna say it, and now everyone's like, oh yeah, where is Goldberg? Why you know I, I'm sure that somebody would say something like Anoki. I'm just as I'm looking at the list of the brackets, but Anoki or Bruiser Brody, you know they're just uh, Keith Lee, not people that are necessarily shouldn't be on there, but that that people would be like, oh no, I, or Buddy Rogers, um, just people that like. I think for our generation, Goldberg is so, you know, he, he was such a meteor. You know, I'd forgotten about that until I probably, I don't know, I guess he's been canceled, but Brandon Stroud, <laughs> the, the, yeah, like that kind of, oh, that's another podcast. We can talk about speaking out at some point. Um, but uh, he was doing those retro nitro recaps. And I had forgotten just like what a phenomenon Goldberg was up to Starcade '98. Well, actually, that's not fair. He was still a phenomenon after that. But there was like there was a period, like a solid year, where Goldberg was like maybe not on the level of Austin, but certainly like the like if you were a WCW person, that was like he was the guy. He was the one that they like they didn't screw up and. That they didn't. I'd actually. Uh, I. I. I don't know if I should mention this, but I would love to talk to you, Keith, at some point because you've said you're more of a WCW guy, mm-hmm. and I would love to talk about because there was like basically from August of '97 to December of '97. That that five month stretch is the, the like they the Bischoff sort of made everyone you know nuked the Luger, the Horseman and Flair and the Carolinas and Goldberg was the guy who came out of that. And like, I like that, the, the, if you listen to the pop that he gets it, when he wins the title at the July 6, 98 Nitro, I was there. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Cause that's one of the most just amazing. Like that's one of the, like, if you listen to some of those old pops, when uh, like that, I mean, I, I would love to know, like, what was that like live? It was insane. It, it's so funny, too, how, you know, like, honestly, it was probably my favorite live event I've ever been to, uh, you know, leading up to it. Even being, I think I was like 16 or 17 years old, I didn't think he was going to win because, you know, like title changes always happen on a pay-per-view. And I just thought, well, this is going to be like a smaz or something. And mm-hmm. he's, he's not going to get out of here with the belt. And then he did win it. And, it, and it's part of what kind of sometimes disappoints me of like the wrestling fan I've turned into that if I if it was like 35 year old Keith there I would have something smarky to say about the finish or the decision of when they did it and you know all these things and it was just such an amazing night and I'm telling you there was like 80,000 people there uh and one of my biggest regrets as a wrestling fan is I have not been to a Wrestlemania which is on my bucket list but I mean, that's like a WrestleMania. There was, I, I'm pretty sure it was like 74,000 people or whatever there. And I mean, the place went nuts when he put Hogan up for the jackknife. And I, I got to give Goldberg credit because Hogan's a big dude. He had him up there forever. And he absolutely should have been on the list. And I just, of all people, my brother in law to just 
I mean, literally call me out immediately. I'm like, God, I'm an idiot. Uh, so let, let's get right into this. We're going to start with the rock bracket. And you just kind of stop me when we want to go into depth on anything. And, and we'll kind of go from there. It's no surprise the rock took down Drew McIntyre. That was the 116, the current champ versus the rock. The 8-9 matchup, which I thought was interesting, was Ricky Steamboat versus Kane. I actually thought Kane was going to win that. Ricky the Dragon won, which I was happy about. So the eight seed moved on. I might have had to have an executive override if Kane had beaten Ricky Steamboat, who, like Ricky Steamboat, who's been involved in like three or four of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. Like Ricky Steamboat, who is the, like, I, I don't know if Ricky Steamboat was ever a heel in his career. Like Ricky Steamboat, who's like the ultimate face. Like, I, I have, like, Ricky Steamboat actually, and I'll get to the other guy that I think is underrated. Ricky Steamboat does get enough credit for, like, yeah, Flair in 89 was amazing, and Macho Man was always amazing. But, like, two takes two to tango, and Steamboat was oh, yeah. always a great wrestler. He was almost like Shawn Michaels before Shawn Michaels, except there was no other guys like him. There yeah. was really no, like, technical wrestlers that could just give – you know, instant classics with whoever they stepped in the ring with. And that was Steamboat. He was like that first guy to do that. He was, I think he also had, like, I, I've not, I need to, the great thing about the network is, is that you can go back and watch these. But my understanding was, is that he actually also had great matches with Austin right before he had to retire. Like he, he had to retire because he hurt his neck. Like he and Austin were having great matches in WCW in like '94, and I'm sure RC will like chime in and be like, "Yeah, those matches were great." I'm sure RC's seen them, but (laughs) those are the ones that that I uh, that I was thinking of. I'm glad that he moved on. So this was another one that just the the by the amount that he won by, because we know Triple H can be, you know, people usually either love or hate him. I purposely did on the five twelve matchups. I tried to make them saucy because you know, in, in, in a bracket tournament, obviously that's usually a juicy matchup. We had Triple H versus Roman Reigns. I think I was one of the only people that voted for Roman. I think he got like two votes, and I was one of them. And it, honestly, at that point, was just I was voting for him because I couldn't believe he wasn't going to get a vote uh, <laughs> against Triple H. And don't get me wrong, Triple H has had a better career, but I was shocked that it was like I swear it was one of the biggest blowouts. In the first round, the 4-13 match was another matchup that kind of hurt my heart. Jericho beat Mr. Perfect. I still say to this day that Kurt Henning, what could have been? I I, I don't really know why he wasn't used more. I thought his Mr. Perfect character in WWE should have been pushed to the moon. He definitely should have had a heavyweight title push, especially with all those faces that they had at Champions through that era. You know, you had the Bret Hart, you had... Hogan, he was around for Macho Man, all these guys. And, you know, they had the IC title. They had that great match. I think it was SummerSlam with Bret Hart, where Bret Hart was put over. Uh, it was sad to see him get beat, but Jericho is incredible. That, that There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, Bret Hart, go ahead. Yeah. It's actually, this is two things. Because um, this is actually where the Jericho is the guy who I think is underrated. But first of all, Hennig was just too like, and this is crazy to think about because like he was, I still think like six two two forty, which would make him big for this era, but he was considered small. And then he had that back injury, so he was out from that SummerSlam with Brett. Like I think that he was out from that match. Like that was like his last match until he came back 
in 97, I want to say. Because that was and, that 91? Because I was trying to think. He was with Flair as like a manager when Flair won the Rumble. So was that after that? It was, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and he just had a – this is a bad back. Um, I feel like he might have had uh, – I feel like he might have had a um uh a Lloyd's of London insurance policy, which that was why Rude went out, was that Rick Rude had to um like if you you could take the payout for that, um they don't do this anymore, but if if he had come back, uh he would have had to pay I actually Hennig might not have, because I think Hennig the thing with the Lloyds of London was if you came back, you forfeited and had to pay back what she paid out. And like, that could be like a quarter million dollars. It's the uh, Anthony Kim rule for us golfer fans. Anthony Kim was a young guy in his twenties in the like 2010s, won a couple of big tournaments and he had like a $20 million insurance policy, but he had to not play competitive golf in order to receive it. He had some issues with his hand and it was always like a what if, like, what would you do? It's like, if I could get 20 million and, you know, still be able to play golf recreational, I think he made the right decision. Those guys, especially without guaranteed contracts, that was a little bit further down the road. You can't, you know, blame them either. Uh, before we move on from Mr. Perfect, just real quickly, if you have not seen his perfect plex on the giant uh, in WCW, it's why this guy is like one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. Oh, he like uh, the other thing, like the stories about those promo, the the uh, vignettes for Mr. Perfect were like he actually did like all those things. Like it was uh, like where he like he was actually like hitting those shots. And like it, it, it's he really was an amazing athlete. I actually think Jericho. So Jericho has been wrestling, I think, like like since 91. I feel like that sounds right. Yep. But when you think about Jericho being on TV since 96, so we're getting close to 25 years of being on TV and how much he's reinvented himself and how he stayed relevant. Like he, I don't think he gets enough credit. You know, he was always part of that click with Malenko, Benoit, Guerrero, like those guys. Mysterio. Yeah. And, and I think that he, that might be a hot take. I think he's the most successful out of them. When you think about, oh you know, for cons- sure, yeah. I mean, conspiracy theory, uh, victim Chris Jericho, Y2J, Y2J um, the the best, you know, the the best at suit wearing, best at what he does, um, and like, and then now like the stuff that he's doing, where where he's he's almost fifty, and he's one of the you know his in-ring work is not as good as his character work anymore but he is a guy who who like when you really stop and think about like he's very i think he's underrated i don't think he gets the credit that he deserves for being as good for as long as he has been i think he's the heir apparent to rick flair in the sense that flair had a very similar career especially if you look at like his wwe run at the you know the late 90s early 2000s when hunter had that talk with him after he had signed back like you're freaking rick flair like why are you doubting yourself you're the, you're the greatest wrestler of all time and jericho in a lot of ways to me mirrors that that you know he may not have always been the man he may not have always been the man with the belt but 
he always kind of found a way to make himself interesting. He's always been really good in, in the ring, always great on the mic. And, and, and like with Flair, his career just kept going. I mean, you know, Flair, people forget, Flair had been wrestling for 20 years. You know, it's almost a champion by the time the, the Sting Flair day started. And, you know, what was that, like the late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, it, it's kind of sad that Jericho is not thought the same way. I will say, though, that we've said on the podcast, me and Ron L, both that if Jericho could go another five years, say, doing what he's doing right now, he would have a legitimate claim to be on Mount Rushmore as one of the four greatest wrestlers ever. I, I think so. I just don't know if because his I like him, but he's starting, you know, he looks a little bit like Greg the Hammer Valentine now. <laughs> he does. And I just like I I I and I don't like again because he's amazing, I, and you know look who's talking like I like I could ever do what he's doing, um, but he is somebody like I I just you know fifty four at that point I think five years he would have been going for over thirty years you know I think he actually I think Flair started wrestling in seventy four, um. I could be wrong about that, but it was sometime you know, in the early seventies for sure. Uh, but that, you know, and flair officially, uh, 72, 72. And he retired officially, you know, we're going to count as WWE. We're not going to count TNA. So he, oh, he, no. yeah, he, so he wrestled <laughs> for 36 years. And I mean, it, it, there is some comparison there. We're going to get to, this is the bracket, by the way, that I can't wait for the second round matchups. We'll get to that at the end. So Bret Hart beat Magnum TA. That was a 314. Uh, the only thing I want to say there is, you know, somebody said it in the group. Magnum TA is one of the biggest what ifs ever. If he didn't get hurt, he, he had everything. I know that NWA at that time was ready to push him. And then obviously he had that terrible wreck and, and just his career never, you know, got going. Uh, Mick Foley kind of dominated Kofi in the 6'11", which it did kind of surprise me a little bit, only because I'm such a big fan of Kofi Kingston. But I guess it is, have a nice day, Mick. I mean, you know, one of the biggest moments in the uh, WCWW battle was, you know, when he won the belt on tape and the idiots at WCW told them it was about to happen. And everybody's like, oh, shit, I'm going to turn it over and watch Mick win the title. Uh, the seven ten in this matchup was interesting. Eddie Guerrero smoked Ultimate Warrior. You want to say something on the Kofi Mick? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the because the, we were talking about big pops, and the I remember I I didn't I watched that I taped the because I couldn't stay up all, in, until eleven and I taped the the raw and I remember the 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 worst part about it was was that. The, the story is not just that, like, hey, they're doing this title. Like, it's such a microcosm of what WCW was doing wrong and what WWF was doing right, which was, hey, like, Foley's going to win the title. And I think, like, half a million people immediately turned away. So people wanted to watch Hogan versus Nash. And then they, they – but they wanted to see Foley. And so Foley actually won clean-ish. And then you had the – uh, the finger poke of doom, which is just, oh. yeah, man. Um, the, death of, the death of WCW. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly, I feel like that was the point where if, if they had had Goldberg come back and go through, you do like a kill bill thing, but when they didn't, that was a wrap. Um, 
I was glad that Eddie smoked the warrior just because, you know, nostalgia is a funny thing, but I, I'm, I'm not, I, I was a Hogan kid, not a warrior kid. Yeah. I, I, I love the warrior when he had his run. Um, but when you find out more about him and then obviously when you're not looking at it from a, a kid's eyes, you're like, you know, people want to give crap to John Cena for five moves of doom. Give me a break. Like warrior literally could only do about four things in the ring. Uh, his character was fantastic. The running to the ring, all that, the energy obviously won. you know, what was at the time, arguably one of the biggest matches in wrestling history at WrestleMania six versus Hogan title versus title, which is a great match. I actually went back and watched it for, for what it was in the spectacle. It was a really good match. But I was so glad because, I mean, Mr. Lie, Cheat, and Steal. I mean, Eddie Guerrero is another one of those guys that it, I don't want to say is forgotten about, but it's sad that because, you know, because he died, people don't bring him up, you know, as much. And also his biggest moment is tied with Chris Benoit, which also obviously has its own issues. And people just forget that Guerrero, you know, like Jericho, was just, you know, so good, not only in the ring, but at reinventing himself. And, you know, it took him so long to kind of climb the apex. And then it was sad that, you know, what was it, like two years after he'd won the belt? You know, he, he passed away. 18 months. He won the title in March. Uh, he, well, close two years. He won in February of fourteen of 04 and died in November of 05. God. And it's... I, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the, the sad thing is I don't even think he was 40. I mean, he was a young guy. And I think that he, you know, I, I think that he's another guy who if he had had another five or ten years, we would be talking about as the greatest of all time because he, I mean, he was still, I mean, and he was going to get another run with the title. And, I mean, he, he just would have had, you know, if you think about, he actually, I think, had a great match in ring. I want to say it was Ring of Honor IWA Mid-South with CM Punk, like a ladder match that was really a big deal for punk because he was Eddie Guerrero was big on giving back to the business. And he like, basically was like, Hey man, like you need to slow down a little bit. And like, you, and just was a huge, like that was a big teaching moment. But yeah, Eddie Guerrero was great. And then the last one, which I know some people were upset with the ranking of RVD. I had Andre, the giant was the two seed defeated Rob Van Dam, the 15 seed. Uh, and I, I defended it in the group. And again, you got to obviously understand that when one person is doing these, of course, my biases are going to play into the seedings. Like that's, that's just, that's life. My big issue with RVD and I was a huge Rob Van Dam fan in ECW. Like, Oh my God, he would, the first time I saw him wrestle, just going, who is this guy? And like, I just never seen anything like it, but it really bothered me that it seemed like every time, you know, the powers that be had decided to really give him a chance to be the man, he would screw it up. And it just disappointed me, especially, you know, the Cena match. And I think it was 06, you know, to, to get that moment and beat Cena in 2006 and then to immediately go out, get in trouble. And basically that was kind of it for him being, you know, a real player in WWE or a major promotion. Yes, I, and I was thinking about that. I think that he has some of the worst luck because he was, uh, you know, not 100% his fault. When he was in ECW, 
he was going to be two years straight TV champion. And he broke his ankle. I mean, that or broke his foot and had to give up the title. And he, you know, it's, it's not his fault, but the company went out of business. He missed his, you know, he was going to go to WCW and be a big part of their reopening. But, you know, it's what happens sometimes, you know, look at Bret Hart. Bad luck is bad luck. Yep. So let's move on to the Stone Cold bracket. You had Stone Cold versus Sabu. That was the one sixteen, as you can imagine. Uh, Stone Cold, who I, I do think is probably the favorite in this tournament, uh, just cruised, even though Sabu was, you know, Sabu was Sabu. He was great. Uh, the 8-9 matchup was actually the most competitive matchup in the first round. It was Miz versus Kevin Owens. Miz won by one vote. Um I actually think people got that right, uh, but I could understand people that would say, you know, Kevin O's. Who did you vote for in that matchup? Uh, I actually think I I don't think I voted in that one. And had I, oh man, I probably would have gone with a coin flip and <laughs> said Miz. I was never a huge because this is going to be the thing people or I think might surprise people because I was such a hardcore ROH guy. But I was never a huge Kevin Steen guy in Ring of Honor. I was never, and I'm sure there would be people who would be shocked by that, but he was just never my cup of tea. And so I, and I, I think The Miz deserves all the credit in the world because I think that, God, so many people disrespect him he and disrespect him. hated on by the locker room. I mean, it's like notorious how hated he was when he and, first got there coming from MTV. And he, you know, he just worked very hard. I have a lot of respect for The Miz as, like, just a person for not, you know, how many guys do we hear about who get that kind of heat? And they're just like, well, you know, it's their problem, not mine. And he was like, he figured it out and he worked to to get past that. So I, I have a lot of respect for The Miz. So I probably would have voted for him just as a sentimental favorite. And chase his dream. So I know you're happy about this one. The biggest upset in this bracket, Booker T, the 12 seed, took down Randy Orton, the 5 seed. Absolutely right decision. Booker <laughs> T. Five I, time. <laughs> five time, baby. I mean, Booker T is a guy who, again, I have a lot of respect for. I don't think Booker T gets his due. Um, I think Booker T had bad luck. Like, I think that I bad still Bad timing for sure. Well, I'm still mad about WrestleMania 19 with oh, Triple with, uh, H. Triple H, yeah, that was an awful story. One of the worst storylines with the play out ever. That's another one that we should do a podcast about because it'll just me, be me dripping venom about how Triple H almost ruined me being a wrestling fan from uh, September of 2002 until uh, 2004 because I just couldn't, like, the amount of, like, do you remember when Punk came out and wrestled uh, The Undertaker? I think it was Punk, where they had those tombstones of the people who The Undertaker had beaten previously. Yes. Yeah, I wanted something like that for Triple H, where it was like Kane, and people <laughs> won't believe like how over Kane was at the time, but RVD, Booker T. All Goldberg. the people he's buried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, that two years is... And, and we, we could do that, but I mean, just insane the amount of like people who were white hot or not even that's that's not fair they weren't that hot but they were they they were definitely very over and then triple h beat them and they were no longer over so john cena is the four seed he, he took down anoki which i know a lot of people were like why was he on here you said it was mostly american 
I tried to, you know, not just use 80s guys, 90 guys, modern guys. And he just, to me, was the biggest name in early wrestling. I'm talking about when it took off that, you know, was from Japan. I know he wrestled a few matches, uh, you know, in America, not a ton. But uh, John Cena is another guy to foresee that I actually could understand the people that, you know, might have argued he should be higher. Uh, the three seed in this one, HBK took down Jake the Snake. He was a 14. Bad matchup for Jake because uh, obviously everybody loves Sean. Sean's one of the sleepers in this tournament for sure. Bray Wyatt, the six, took down Keith Lee, the 11 seed. Uh, and then it was a bad, and, and it started here, but it was bad for AEW. I had Kenny Omega, the seven seed. He was taken down by Big Sexy, the 10 seed, Kevin Nash. Do you think uh, that which, was right? No. No. I, and, and again, this is one that RC is going to give me shit for. And I'm fine with that because fine. If you want to call me an internet, you know, smart mark or whatever. Um, I think Kevin Nash is, gets a lot of credit because no one's a bigger fan of his than Kevin Nash. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that Kevin Nash is champion almost sank two promotions. Um, I, true I think, story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that he is, you know, I, I'm, I think that he doesn't get enough credit for his impact with the NWO, but I also think that he is, doesn't deserve, like, he was never a guy who should be carrying a promotion. And Kenny Omega absolutely could be carrying AEW. And... I, I just think that, you know, if you want to, you said Anoki. I mean, Anoki founded at New Japan. Anoki fought Muhammad Ali. Um, I think that I, I get why people did because, I mean, you have to be a pretty serious wrestling fan in this day and age, but I would have put, I, I voted Kenny Omega over Nash. I did too. And I, I, real quick, because I don't want to get into a long discussion because God, I know RC, if he's listening, will get mad, but. I've been really disappointed at the way AEW has used Kenny Omega. At first, I was okay with it because I understood what they were trying to do, and I thought they were waiting to kind of let him have his run. But when you have arguably the best wrestler on the planet and one of the best wrestlers, honestly, I've ever seen when you let him just go, like why are you just letting him you know, do the cliff notes of tag team matches where he has his little spurts and not using him at all, really, in the singles division. I think that he eventually he and Page are going to break up, and I think that Hangman Page is a guy who's going to be a huge star. Oh, and I, I think like that, Hangman a lot. Yeah, I do too. And I think Hangman's going to beat Kenny, and that's going to be I, – I think that Kenny Omega is a guy actually somewhat like uh, the, the way that they've used uh, – they used Punk and the way that they used Daniel Bryan or like – they can decide in a year or two. Like, okay, we're ready, Kenny. Come be. It's yours. something in your back pocket for later, right? Yeah. Is that kind of yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the last matchup in that one was number two, Macho Man beat 15, Arn Anderson. Uh, love Double A, but there's no surprise to that. Uh, let's move on to the Hogan bracket. We had Hulk Hogan, the one seed, beat Bruiser Brody, who was a 16. The I eight, can't nine say- seed. I can't Go say ahead, anything yeah. nice about Hogan. It hurts my brand. So, <laughs> so did you see the post by somebody or comment? And it was a fair comment that, you know, Brody was considered to be brought in for kind of the Hogan 
role, but from a heel standpoint, when WWF was getting started, and it would be very interesting if, say, Hogan ended up not signing with WWF and it was Bruiser Brody. Um, I hadn't seen that, but if that had happened, uh, it wouldn't have taken off. I think that part of why, and this has always been my belief, that part of why the WWF um, beat NWA and WCW is that it was a, a babyface territory. So there was always like their business, you know, TN, NWA, WCW, their model was you had a heel champ who was being chased by a face. Whereas with WWF is always a, a big baby face who is fighting off the heels. And I think that the big, you know, that's just a more of a money, in my opinion, you know, I grew up, my dad is from Western New York. It was a big WWF fan. And so I, I, but I think that's more of a money maker than uh, having a, a bad guy as the dominant. So I, I would, and even if you look at history since then, right, it's the same thing. I mean, most of the biggest, you know, money making periods in wrestling, it, it's been your Stone Colds, The Rock, you know, those type guys. There's not really been a big heel money maker uh, in in recent memory, right? I would argue Brock, but no. I well, mean, that, that's even, fair. Even that, you know, he's more the exception that proves the rule, and Cena arguably they were the most profitable period was when he was on top for the longest time. Like they had 10 years where he was, um, and the internet lost their mind. Yeah. (laughs) So the eight, nine matchup, which was a great one, AJ styles defeated Jeff Hardy. AJ was the eight. Hardy was the nine. Uh, the next one was honestly the most surprising result to me in the entire bracket. Chris Benoit, the 12 seed, took by took down Daniel Bryan, the five seed. Did it surprise you at all? Yeah, um, I was surprised. I, I was honestly, um, I voted for Daniel Bryan. I, I, did I think too. I think that overall, Daniel Bryan, like, is. I mean, I'm admittedly biased. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I think that he's one of the best. Like, I think. He people underestimate his promos, but I think when he actually believes what he's saying, you know, when he's he, how could pro- you watch his heel run from two years ago and say he's not good on the mic? He was incredible. Or the fickle promo, stuff, yeah. Or the the if you believe in your dreams, your dreams will believe oh, yeah, in you. Oh yeah, comeback speech, absolutely. Or when he called John Cena a parody of wrestling, like <laughs> <laughs> when he believes it, it's great. Um, I I I get why you know that there is i get with benoit and but i I also get the baggage um i'm not you know i i'm i'm somebody who can still watch his matches but yeah i was pretty surprised that he won that i i honestly thought that that was and and again i don't know but i'm I'm just kind of assuming that this was you know they've kind of tried to sweep it under the rug which you, you can understand why a big corporation would do that. I mean, he murdered his you know wife and kid, but at the same time, he was such a big part of wrestling, you know, for a decade. And I think so many people are upset that they just, you know, act like it didn't happen, that this was, you know, a chance for them to say, Hey, he still matters to me from a wrestling standpoint, you know, forget, you know, or not forget, but just even with what he did, how you know terrible it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, fair. The 413, and again, it was bad for AEW. Edge, Cody Rhodes, Edge the four, Cody Rhodes the 13. 
Cody Rhodes did not receive a vote, uh, which that did kind of surprise me. I got some flack about Edge being a four seed. I stand by it. I actually think Edge is another one of those guys who's really underrated. If you look at all of the title reigns, he's been multi-multi-multi-time tag team champion, multi-multi-time intercontinental champion, multi-multi-time world champion. He's been a Money in the Bank briefcase holder. He's won the Royal Rumble. He's main evented WrestleManias. He was the first Money in the Bank cash-in. He main evented against Undertaker. He's, yeah, no, at WrestleMania, no, I, I... I think that, and, and it doesn't surprise you about Cody. I think that Cody, um, the, the, Cody is a great example of the best thing about pro wrestling to me, which is when guys level up. Um, when he left the WWE, I thought he was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that to, to steal a Triple H phrase, I thought he was a B-plus player. I thought that he, <laughs> his ceiling was a three-star match, and he has done so great since he left. Um, I'm big, big fan of his. Uh, but no, I wouldn't vote for him over Edge. He gets wrestling too, which I do want to say because he didn't get a vote. That I've been really impressed because, like, Cody's good in the ring. He's not great, and and I've argued that he's been hurt as much as anybody by no crowds because Cody has done such a good job since AEW started of just the spectacle of wrestling. You know what I mean? Whether it be the dressing, the entrances, like. Cody just gets it. And to me, I, it's so impressive. Yeah, I think that the if you love, and as somebody who has come to, was not, you know, that's not what I was raised on, but has come to have a real appreciation for the old Southern wrestling, the, the Ric Flair, <laughs> the, the... The Jesse man can Rose. dream. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Is that I think that he is, like, I don't know if it's what I would call a five-star match, but it's the kind of thing that it leaves me exhausted after because I'm emotionally invested. Right. So Undertaker was a three seed. He took down Kerry Von Eric, the 14. Uh, Brock Lesnar, the six seed, took down Scott Hall, the 11, which it was a bad, a bad seeding or just a bad matchup, I should say, for, you know, the bad guy, Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall. CM Punk, the seven, took down the 10 seed Matt Hardy. And the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, the two seed, took down Owen Hart, the 15 seed. Real quickly, did I rank Dusty too high? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, man. Dusty. No, it's uh, fair. I, I think that Dusty, I, I like Dusty as a booker. Uh, it, it's also very interesting to me to see a little bit of revisionist history. Um, I know that the attitude towards Dusty before NXT was that he was a good booker, but he was kind of silly. You know, a lot of people talked about the Shockmaster. And, right. and I think that the, you know, that there was, I, I don't know if you remember when uh, Goldust was doing his parody stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 97, he came out as Old Dust and did a <laughs> Dusty Rhodes parody. And I think that, you know, I, again, I, I'm glad to see Dusty get his, his due, but I would not have put him as a two seed. I think he, he – but I'm also – I think that some of the fun of this is to have an argument. Right. And, and honestly, the main reason he was put there – and again, this is nostalgia, you know, it, and it was one person myself doing it. 
I just, you know, what got me into wrestling was not WWF. It was the NWA. And I remember like him and the road warriors and scaffold matches and, you know, him fighting flair in the cage and just, you know, some of his promos and stuff that it just like, you know, as a kid, it just, I was like, who is this guy? Cause he doesn't even look like a wrestler. You know what I mean? And he would get in there and he, he made you believe. And I've just always been such a big fan, but Honestly, that was one of those deals that, like, when I finalized, I looked at it and I went, I've got Dusty Rhodes 2 and then Undertaker and Edge 3-4. <laughs> I, I may have messed up that one, but it's going to make some interesting matchups uh, when we get late in the bracket for that. So the last bracket was the Flair bracket. It was no coincidence that I had Ric Flair, the one seed, versus Buddy Rogers, the 16th seed. For those that don't know, Flair – a lot of his character came from basically what Buddy Rogers was doing. Don't get me wrong, Flair took it to a whole nother level. But, I mean, it, for, for the most part, it was kind of the Buddy Rogers gimmick, uh, especially in the beginning. Um, Vader, I, I can't believe this, honestly. He was the eight seed. He lost to Rey Mysterio, the nine seed. Do you think people got that right? Yes. Um, See, that hurts my heart. Th- that actually, to me, is the closest – matchup because i think that you have to compare like vader was great and but ray i remember in 1996 watching him wrestle dean malenko and not like my brain not understanding (laughs) the humans could do that like he was so fast, and he even that finisher, the which I I think that they call it the West is is that the West Coast pop? Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. I remember the first time he hit that, just being like, wait, 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 like what I, that guy I, just do? <laughs> yeah, like did he he just how? And, and and I think that that was always like that that Ray brought Lucha Libre to the United States in a way that like like I because I didn't watch Brian Pillman in WCW. My first exposure was like people were talking about like high flying Brian Pillman, and then I remember seeing tapes of him years later, being like, "Yeah, you guys know Ray Mysterio exists, right?" Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's not to throw shade on Brian Pillman. No, no, yeah, yeah, that's fair. It, I... But I, I, and Vader was a great super heavyweight. Vader is probably one of the greatest super heavyweights. Um, but you know, again, Mysterio is a guy who's been wrestling since '96. We're in 2020. And Mysterio is just still solid. I mean, he's not, you know, what he was, but he had that run where he was just like ungodly. His like, match just... with Seth Rollins was pretty good at the pay-per-view. Like, yeah, the stipulation was stupid, but the wrestling before that, he still can go in the ring. I mean, like the wrestling with him and Rollins was actually really good from the pay-per-view. Yeah, and I mean, if you watch some of the stuff that he did in ECW, like he's just, I mean, I, I would say – without question in in the united states he's the greatest lucha wrestler of all time yeah that's a fair statement just devils you know just to kind of go the other way i I do think that the reason vader deserves more credit than he does is he was the first big guy i'd ever seen that could really move and do more than just what you know, your typical big guy does like, you know, your, your King Kong Bundy's your big John studs, like those kind of guys. And I think, you know, he kind of led to where you see guys like, you know, Keith Lee and, you know, even doing a certain stint Brock Lesnar and, 
just to where they're, you know, it's okay for a big guy to be athletic and not just kind of be, you know, this monster that's gigantic who can't really move. Uh, but you also made a really good argument for Ray Mysterio. And I didn't think about that. It is true that he basically introduced, you know, a style of wrestling that, you know, is still, you know, very popular in many parts of the world to the United States. And, and it's kind of been integrated into, you know, you know, the wrestling here in the States, even though they don't call it Lucha Libre, you see a lot more kind of with the lightweights and stuff like that. And, and let me just say that that is not to criticize Vader. I think that Vader was one of my favorite wrestlers when I was a kid. Um, it, it's not that I don't think Vader was a great wrestler. It's just more how great I think Ray was. Well, and it's like what I told somebody the other day. Any guy on this is, at least in my opinion, and it hadn't been a mutiny on the rankings, at least on who's on the list. They're one of the top 64 wrestlers ever. Think of all the wrestlers uh, that there's been. So it, it's kind of like when I hear the Jordan-LeBron type debates and stuff, it, it makes me sick. Or even like Kobe fans who are like, he, he's definitely a top 10. I'm like, even if he's the 11th or 12th best basketball player ever, do you understand like how amazing that is? Like that's nothing to be getting this upset about. Like he's one of the greatest players ever. Uh, it's actually, it's funny. You mentioned that going back to Nash, Nash at one point, somebody said that he was the lowest drawing champion of all time. And he was like, well, fine. He's like, great. I was lowest drawing WWF champion of all time. How many WWF champions have there been? Like, like being the worst president of all time. I still was the president. It's still something that's on the resume forever, and they can't take that away. One more thing just real quickly before we move on, because you're talking about how amazing Mysterio is in the ring, and we were just talking about Kevin Nash. The lawn dart into the – I don't know if it was a trailer or the TV trailer. tower was, is one of the greatest bumps and like just things I've ever seen, because Kevin Nash picked him up literally like a dart. And for Mysterio, it shows how athletic he is to like not kill himself because it looks like he breaks his neck oh yeah it it looks like he that and and perhaps i should give nash a little bit more credit um but that was i again it's funny how these things from 25 years ago you know 24 years ago i remember being in my parents family room and i i can tell you weirdly it it had just rained in richmond and i remember the clouds (laughs) and i remember Ray Mysterio sailing through the air, getting caught, and then spiked into the wall. <laughs> and the announcers being like, oh, my God, they killed Kenny. Yeah. Uh, it, was just, it was just outstanding. So, Kurt Angle was the five seed here. He beat Jimmy Superfly Snooker the 12. I do wonder, you know, how different or more competitive this match would have been had Snooker, you know, obviously not murdered somebody. Uh, but I also think Kurt Angle is just another guy that at times is underrated because he had that run, uh, you know, with SmackDown when it was uh, the SmackDown Six. And then also, and I've, I was not a big TNA guy, but I went back and watched some of his matches when I got back into wrestling. I mean, he carried that promotion with AJ Styles during that period when they were at least somewhat relevant. Uh, yeah, um, they, and he had a couple of really good matches with Samoa Joe, who isn't on the list and I get why, but is a sentimental favorite of mine. Um, the, uh, the, like, I I think that he hurt his back, Samoa Joe hurt his back against Sting and it really hurt his career, 
but there is a period where like Joe is one of those, but yeah, uh, uh, not talking about him. We can talk about him at another point, but yeah, Kurt Angle is definitely a guy who I don't think gets his due. And he, you know, he wrestled with a, you know, broken freaking neck. Frickin don't neck, don't yeah. forget that. He will remind you. Uh, Sting was the four seed. He defeated Harley Race, the 13. Roddy Piper, the three seed, beat Jerry the King Lawler, the 14 seed. This was the other kind of surprising, like, outcome of, of round one. And I, I don't really get it, to be honest. Seth Rollins, the sixth seed, was beat by number 11 seed Great Muda. I'm a big Great Muda fan. I remember when he came over, fought Sting, Flair. They had, and I don't remember what the name of the pay-per-view or event was, but it was like a tournament that they had where everybody fought everybody, and Muda was just incredible in it. Uh, it was like Muda, Flair, Luger, and uh, Sting. Uh, but I can't believe he beat Seth Rollins. Like, are we already – underrating how good Seth Rollins is? Um, yes. I think that Seth Rollins is unfortunately, and I think it goes to show that Vince McMahon could screw up a wet dream at this point. <laughs> um, I think that Seth, it's, it's funny because I feel like Seth is a guy who had bad injury history, but he's a guy who would benefit from a little bit. Like he's been so omnipresent for the last year. Like, I had actually forgotten that he was not the champion when I was watching uh, Horror Show. Wow. Um, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, McIntyre is the champion. A- and I think that he's just, I think that it, it's not his fault, but I think that, like, when you think about the last eight years since the Shield came in, like. It's Sean Cena in the, the early 2000s, to 2010 period, right? All over, like, where it's just like. Every time you turn around, Seth Rollins is in the main event. And yeah, and some of like I was honestly turned off by some of his like his attitude. Like I, I thought that he got it a little bit more than he did, where he was like, Well, you know, the people who don't like uh, you know, who who are critical of me, you know, like I felt like he was very tone deaf. And when he talked about how he makes more money than Boxley, I was just like, eh. That was a weird comment. I mean, I voted I, I was a Seth Rollins over great Muda guy, but that's again more recency bias than anything and because i didn't watch a whole lot of w uh well wcw or uh new japan yeah, well when we get off this i'm gonna have to text you some of his best matches he had a run muda did it was like 88 89 or 89 90 where he came over and i mean like seriously this is the iron man tournament, i never I think. Se- yeah i'd never seen anything like it like i was just like who is this guy and why has he not been you know, on TV every week. Cause again, I'm like eight, nine years old, you know, but it was just so cool. He did the miss thing that obviously Oscar has been doing recently, which was, you know, again, cool for kids and stuff. But I was really shocked that he upset Seth Rollins because I've been saying it for the last three, four months. I think Seth Rollins uh, is arguably right now the best wrestler in the world. I love his new character gimmick. I think he's benefited from not having crowds because his voice is so annoying when he's like yelling or trying to talk over the crowd, but with no crowd, he's had that real like methodical, almost like Jericho and, you know, 08 with the best wrestler in the world kind of tone to it. And it's been, he's been so good, like on the mic, in the ring, everything. Uh, this upset did not surprise me. Rick Rude, the 10 seed took down John Moxley, the seven seed. Can we both agree they got this right? 
Yes. It's interesting, though, when you think about it, Moxley has had a longer run than I think Rude did. Rude was done by 94, and I think, well, no, but it's close. Um, Rick Rude, I think, was in WWF from... Uh, it was in the it, WWF. It was like Wrestle Four or WrestleMania Four through roughly WrestleMania Seven, Eight. Yeah. Um, that sounds right. Um, the yeah, like eighty-seven to. So, but but it's it's funny to me that that when I thought about it, I think they got it right. Um, I think that, but I, I think that in another year or so. It would not be. I think that Moxley's very close. The other thing, though, too, is I just, like, in a matchup like that where it's not, you know, to me, one's definitely better than the other, I go, okay, who's going to be more memorable? And I just, I will never forget, like, Rick Rude was the first heel I ever went, man, this guy's awesome. When he's like, what I need now is for all these fat, you know, disgusting no good, uh, you know, shut tits, your mouth. Pittsburgh sweat hit my, Yeah, hit my music while I take my robe. I mean, I'm just like, this guy's cool, uh, which it just – and it's a, he's another guy that's a shame he got hurt because he could really go in the ring. You know, like I, I went back and watched Rick Rude versus Warrior matches or some of the Ultimate Warriors' best matches he had in WWF. And again, if you can get a good match out of Warrior, and I, I'm not trying to pick on Ultimate Warrior, it just shows that you could really go in the ring. The last matchup, and then we'll get to the second rounds that we're looking forward to and kind of go over. Bruno Sammartini, the two seed, took down Stan Hansen, the 15. I know some people were upset with Bruno. Um, you he was champion for like 12 straight years. I don't care what it is think about that it's such an accomplishment it'll never be broken i know that all the people in wwf talk so glowingly about you know what he meant to the business and and basically carrying wwf or whatever it was called at that time for so long i I thought he deserved to be a one or two seed he you know yeah i think that it's it's hard to argue that so he was basically champion from 63 to 71 so if you think about it he won the title when john kennedy was president and lost it uh uh when nixon was president he and then he won it again in 73 (laughs) and held it until 77 so he with very little break was champion from john kennedy until jimmy carter which, when you put that into perspective like that, think about the time. And I think that he sold out uh, Madison Square Garden, something ridiculous, like, you know, 100 straight times. So, you, no, no, I think putting him as number two is absolutely, uh, absolutely perfectly fine. So how about, too, that after being champion that long, when he lost the belt, they said it literally almost started a riot. The when he lost to yeah when he lost I remember the story uh the story was was that he uh uh Ivan Koloff beat him and he like Bruno even said he's like I thought that I had gone deaf because no one made a sound 
Like, I, I think that I, I think that the only thing that's comparable in modern times is when Brock beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and that was more shock, right? Like people it, weren't so much pissed as much as they just they could not believe it. Well, I think it was both with Bruno. Is people were like, "Wait, Bruno lost like eight years?" No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, is it, yeah, yeah. So and, let's go to the second. The Stone Cold. You have something else to say, Sam? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, 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 no. It uh, it it cut out a little bit. But so you were saying about the Stone Cold bracket. Yeah, I was just going to go through these. Tell me out of these which matchup you're most intrigued or, or you think could be the, the most competitive. We got Stone Cold, the one versus eight seed. Booker T, the 12 seed versus Cena, the four seed. HBK, the three seed versus Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, the six seed. And Kevin Nash, the 10 seed versus the Macho Man, the two seed. I think seed. Nash versus Savage will be the closest. Um, though Booker T versus Cena could surprise me. Otherwise, I think that Austin and HBK cruise. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking is that bracket actually is probably the one that we know who are going to be the final two standing. And I, I just don't see any way it's not Stone Cold HBK. I'm going to be really pissed with the Ivy group, if they let Kevin Nash beat the Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm, I mean, I don't normally get pissed about opinions, but that's some yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be pretty upset too, and we'll be able to yell about it on the next podcast if that's what happens. Perfect, because, I mean, that. come on, man. It's the Macho Man. What, what more do you need? He's good in the ring. He's great on the mic. He's iconic. I mean, slap into a Slim Jimmy. He's in a freaking Spider-Man movie, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, he's one of those. Uh, like, everyone has a Macho Man impression. Exactly. Matchup for The Rock. Let's do the same thing. You got the number one Rock versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, the eight seed. The I love this one right here. The five is Triple H versus... For Chris Jericho, the three is Brett, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart versus the six seed Mick Foley, and Andre Giant the two seed versus Eddie Guerrero the seven seed. This was by far my best bracket. Um, for I think that if I could see every in that bracket, I could see every be upsets in every one except for Rock versus Steamboat. I hope that Jericho goes over. I hope that Brett goes over, and I hope that Eddie goes over. But I could see Triple H, Foley, and Eddie all, uh, all you know, all winning. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, if Brett the Heart is Hitman Heart is in danger of losing that matchup. I will <laughs> like delete the post and repost it because I love Mick Foley. Come on, guys! Like he's the best there is. Uh, I mean, just, oh, God, you're making me nervous just thinking about that. Uh, I really am interested to see the Triple H Jericho uh, because I think Triple H has kind of been, uh, I don't even know what the word would be. It's like that it's almost like he has a new persona or, or, you know, it's like a revisionist history with him because of NXT, right? Like now a lot of the stuff, the, the negatives, have kind of been forgot about because oh he's the guy that gave us NXT or oh he's yeah, the guy that I think that's this. the case and 
uh, I will be happy to remind people of the reign of terror from him. <laughs> um, because that is, if I had to suffer through it, you people have to suffer through me complaining about it. That's my, uh, that's my rule. And don't forget that he did marry Stephanie. That that's why a lot of this stuff is happening for Hunter, at least from like the NXT and his role with the company and everything. Uh, it doesn't hurt well, to be it, married I mean, to the boss's daughter. So moving the, on to the, the one thing fl- about that yo, is, go ahead. is that I don't know if you remember when he wrestled the Undertaker in 2011. He basically came out and was like, "There's no one on the roster who gives me a challenge." Basically, shitting on John Laurinaitis. And be like justifying, like, hey, let me take his job. <laughs> so I think that gets forgotten about a little bit. He, yeah, I, we could, we're going to have another podcast about Triple H. We will do, we'll do something from it, whether it be the Booker T match or maybe we'll do like a two year period. Uh, the Ric Flair bracket. We got Ric Flair, the one seed, versus the eight seed, Rey Mysterio. Really excited about this matchup. The five seed, Kurt Angle, versus the four seed, Sting. Uh, Roddy Piper, the three seed, versus the 11 seed, the great Muda. And Rick Rude, the 10 seed, versus Bruno Sammartini, the two um, seed. I think that we're going to see upsets. Maybe Angle, Sting. Uh, but I think likely Rude, Bruno. I think... Uh, it's hard for me to imagine that Bruno San Martino beats Rick Rude just based on the fact that Rick Rude, you know, I don't even know if anybody other than Rayhan was born when Rick Rude was main, uh, when uh, Andre the Giant was main eventing. I mean, I'm sorry, Bruno was main eventing. Uh, I really screwed that joke up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm thinking. If Great Muda beats Roddy Piper after beating Seth Rollins, I'm really going to have to figure there's out some what the hell is going, going on. on. I don't know if there's a hat job going on. There's like uh, China is getting into the IB sports. Like, I don't know what's going on, but if he beats Rollins and then Piper, like what? <laughs> I, I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to need to ask, like, we're going to, we're going to have to tag the people who voted for him and just be like, let's talk about this. <laughs> Because, I mean, in all this, I bet there's maybe five people in Ivy Sports who have seen five great Muda <laughs> matches. That sounds about right. <laughs> all right, the last bracket, we got the Hogan bracket. I, God, I hope this is an upset. You got the number one seed, Hulk Hogan, versus the eight seed, I AJ think Styles. You got the great – you think that's yeah, going to be potentially an upset? There's... Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who you know, 2015 was not that long ago, and people remember Hulk Hogan. Yeah, for for being a racist. Yeah, yeah. we can just say yeah, it. That was, uh, yeah, the, I think the and, and I mean I think that there's just a whole whole that, bunch of like I think that the, also not to downplay what he did, but I think there were a lot of people who didn't like Hulk Hogan already, and so the opportunity to be um, you know, to to for all the crap that he did before that, I think that that is kind of like people are happy to be like, yeah, he sucks. Like, you know, we glad to be rid of him. And if you ever want to know what Shawn Michaels thinks of Hulk Hogan, go back and watch their SummerSlam match. Oh five. I want to say it's like oh three oh five. 
Uh, it, it's one of the best overselling jobs I've ever seen in the history of wrestling. Oh yeah, there's if if Hogan loses, I'll post the yakety sacks clip of that match of, of Sean overselling. It's it's fantastic. So the, uh, there's some other really good matchups in this bracket. You got Benoit going for another upset. He's the 12 seed versus Edge, the four seed. Do you think Benoit is going to do it again? <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> not to, not touching that joke. Um, yes, I could. I could <laughs> see him beating Edge. Um, I personally. Uh, Taking my passion out of it, like I might say, just because like Edge has been like there is a long period where Edge was sort of a like guy that you could pull out and just have do a great thing. So I might, I don't know how I'm actually going to vote in that, and I'm a huge Benoit fan. And you know, we were talking about Edge earlier. Another thing to add was just his Rumble pop was. Crazy, especially considering it kind of leaked that Edge was returning. We didn't know it was going to be the Rumble, but it, I had read reports for two months that Edge was definitely coming back. I think people, wrestle. I think he's one of those guys that you don't appreciate until he's gone, and I think that was what that pop was. So this is just so fitting, and I didn't even mean to do it. You got the number three Undertaker versus the number six C Brock Lesnar. These guys once again meeting in something. Involving wrestling, um, I, I, it should be Undertaker should win this. I mean, just I agree, but I, I am worried Lesnar could win because of the name and the MMA. You could get people voting for Lesnar that don't even watch wrestling. Yeah, I, I get that, and I think that Undertaker sort of the recency bias of like him not being great, but that's another one I'd love to do is to talk about his because like he reinvented himself in 05. like he lost a bunch of weight. And it's like, well, I'm going to be the best wrestler in the world now for a while. <laughs> like, for like five years, he's one of the best in-ring workers in the company. It, it, and I miss that. That was at the very tail end of when I wasn't watching. And so, of course, when I came back, I mean, the first thing I watched was the two WrestleMania matches versus HBK. That You know, all those matches he had with Edge. He had a couple of great matches with CM Punk. Mark Henry? I believe uh, kind of around that time. Yep, Mark Henry. That was uh, a WrestleMania yep. too, right? Yeah, he, he had a period. Like, that was the other thing was that the streak kind of got highlighted because he was then having the best match on the card. Like, he, he, he had some. He was stealing the show each year. Yeah. Uh, he he great. Credit to Randy Orton. He had a great match with Randy Orton at Mania 21. Um. So the last one, and I think this is going to be an upset, and it's probably my fault for ranking him too high, but we got seven seed CM Punk versus two seed Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, and and I'm going to vote Punk. Just, I mean, that's not even like, I don't even know if I, I think too. Punk is the better one, but like Punk's my favorite wrestler. Like, you know, one of my two favorite wrestlers of all time right now. So I kind of got to got to ride with my boy. Do you think I got that ranking kind of right? Like, if we're just being serious, oh yeah. Do you think like is that about fair? That would put him just so people know that would put him in like the twenty eight to thirty two range of the greatest ever. Is that about right for his impact and everything he's done? Yes. I think I, I mean he his career was on the national scene. If you want to count the independence, really only twelve years. You know, he wrestled from 02 to about 14. So I absolutely, 
and he was not on a major national promotion until 2006. So it was actually eight years. So yeah, absolutely. As much as I love him and think he is amazing and all that jazz. No, that's, that's fair. I can separate my, take my, my, my fan hat off and put on my, my rational ranking hat. So yeah, you're right. All right. One more thing before we get out of here. We got Austin, Rock, Flair, and Hogan as the one seed. What guy from each bracket could you see winning their bracket other than the one seed? Uh, other than Austin, Rock, and Flair? And Hogan. Oh, Hogan. I, I could see any – I could see Styles – uh, I could see Hogan very easily losing his bracket. That one's easy. But I'm saying, who who do you think could win that bracket? Though out of those eight guys, who do you think is most likely? If you think Hogan's going to lose, who do you think is most likely to win it out of the rest of those guys? Undertaker. Bracket? Okay, that's who I was thinking too. If it's not Flair in the Flair bracket, who do you think it's most likely to win that bracket? Um, I mean, this is sort of a 99% chance Flair wins. I would say Sting. Right. I would say Sting. That's what I was going to say. I love Piper, but I know a lot of people don't really get him. He's another one of those guys because he never was a WWE champ. People just forget how great he was. He's kind of the reason heels are cool, in my opinion, in modern wrestling is because of guys like Roddy Piper. Uh, the Rocks bracket, is is your pick Jericho or the Hitman there? I'm going Jericho just because I think people – a lot of people don't like Brett. It's really weird. Um, so yeah, I would say Jericho, uh, but they're idiots. There's, there's no chance they are, but there's no chance that, that rock is losing that by the way, just, just for the record. I, 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 that's what I really have been wondering. Cause you know, I forgot the way I did it. Rock Austin would meet in the semis. And I think people are going to lose their mind that that's not the final. Um, yeah, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay with that. I think that, Austin is <laughs> I'm going to vote for Austin over the rock. Um, the only person that I could see maybe uh, the Austin one's the most competitive though. I could see maybe Savage, maybe HBK giving Austin trouble. Maybe HBK. Do you think Cena is going to beat Booker T? Did you say you did or didn't? I think I did. And, but I said, I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't. Okay, because I was just curious. Is there anything else you want to – we have obviously covered just about everything. No, I would just say uh, sign up for uh, All-Star. Always going to plug the All-Star. Um, Absolutely. So I think it's a great value, and that's what I would recommend. But other than that – And are I you good with uh, coming on to do these each week? Yeah, Absolutely. Perfect. Sam, I really appreciate it. Please remember, for those listening, we will have the second round starting Monday. I believe RC will do it the exact same way where we'll have one bracket a day. So you're going to this week only get four matches, which will make it a little bit easier to find it. They'll be tagged under Goat Wrestler. And uh, Sam, again, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Happy to do it, man. Thank you for your time. Yes, sir. All right, IB Sports World. We will be back for a official team turnbuckle podcast with me and Ron L. 
sometime this week, and me and Alan will hopefully recover from our trash golf picks this week for the backdoor cover and also some of Alan's baseball talk where Clayton Kershaw got scratched from the first game after he picked the Dodgers, but it is what it is. But we will see you guys soon. Sam, thanks again, Thank buddy. you. Have a good evening.